Welcome, welcome, welcome to Walking Through Glass, and I am your host, Dr. Dina C. Brown. Today, we have an amazing conscious conversation for you. I'm excited to introduce and to have a conscious conversation with my sister on the journey, Miss Simone Oliver. And in a moment, Simone's going to introduce herself and tell you a lot of it about who she is, what she's done, and really share her testimony with the emphasis on the test, because right now she's really dealing and, and operating in the giftedness space of coming through to the actual other side. So today we're going to talk about the rewrite. How do we rescript our divine narrative so that we actually begin to operate and manifest and walk in the truth because not because who we think we were, who other people said we are, but who God says we are. And so without further ado, I would like to introduce to you, Miss Simone Oliver. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? I am fantastic. I'm still a little high. Like when I'm like, um, listening to like my theme song, <laughs> I'm just there like rolling my neck and, and kind of doing my dance because I just think if Shaft can have his own theme music, why can't I? That's right. I certainly have my song as well. And so tell us about you. Yeah. Well, again, my name is Simone Oliver. I am a minister, a life coach, a writer, a wife, a, a mom, and um I do kind of all sorts of things, but I think that's it in a nutshell of um, the things I primarily focus on. Okay. okay. Yeah. And so again, she got more to that story. I think we're going to have to pull a little bit yeah. more out of her. You know, she's being a little bashful today, but she's definitely going to share a little bit more about um, the roles that she plays and, and how all of those pieces have formed this beautiful mosaic to who she is today. For sure. Let us let it unfold. Absolutely. So again, we start, I, I've, I framed this particular discussion and the show, the rewrite and the purpose in doing that. When I looked at um, your background and like your bio and, and your story, that is so powerful and not just for what you've been through, where you are now, but the impact it has for helping um, particularly other women make the necessary shifts in their life so that they can truly live their very best life today. And as women, I believe that we, we get caught up in what quote unquote, they, you know, may think of us. And recently, as I've been speaking with a couple of clients and we've been talking about and working through the, they belief, the, they belief is really you and your fears. Oh yeah. When we sit and keep start talking about well, what they're gonna say, and and you start micro putting a microscope to your past and the situations that you've been in and all of that, and then you frame in your mind, mm-hmm. and then you begin to manifest in your day to day all of those um, dysfunctional beliefs about who you are, exactly. and that's why I think you sometimes have to go through a rewrite. Absolutely. And I believe in rewriting. I mean, if if you 
let me share just a little bit about my background. I mean, eight years ago, I was um, stalked, attacked, um, stabbed 27 times, left for dead. Um, And when I came through to consciousness even, I found out I was paralyzed. Wow. From the waist down. And it was a pretty, really ugly story. Um, one that really, um, oh my God. I mean, it just took my reputation and, and turned it into something that it really wasn't. Um, the person that attacked me was someone that I had dated, someone I had trusted literally with my life. And so I was just getting married. This was, this happened like four days before my wedding. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. And, and let me just give props to my husband. We, we still got married. Um, even though he wow. didn't know whether I would walk again or not, he, we still got married on the day that we said we would get married. We just had to change the venue <laughs> because we got married in the hospital. Wow. But at that point, I had to make a decision, um, really, like, who was I going to allow to tell my story? And was my story going to end here or was I just going to write this off as a chapter? Wow. (laughs) And and that was my entire focus and and my reason for getting well, because by the way, I am um, up and walking and um, living life to the fullest. I mean, I think life is better now than it was before. (laughs) Wow. And, you know, and as you were, as you were sharing, just different words were just popping in um, and downloading to me. And and I wanted to speak to two pieces of what you said. Um, One is the healing Mm -hmm. process and that, Sometimes the healing is more painful than the actual initial attack. And when you're going through that healing process and when you're telling the story and there's power in the story that you tell, there's power in the story that you tell Mm -hmm. yourself because the story that you're telling yourself is what mimics is what goes out to other people, even in a nonverbal yeah. status. So when you were speaking to that, and then the second one is that, that sense of consciousness. And although you're sharing it from a physical consciousness, I believe that from a social, emotional, mental consciousness that's important in the process that we're talking about on that journey. So until you make the unconscious conscious, then our stories can also be skewed. And when our stories are skewed, then not only are we paralyzed physically, Mm, but we're paralyzed emotionally, spiritually, and it, uh, it impacts our relationships. And so when we're scripting, what I call our new mm-hmm. narrative. We have to honor what we've been through, but we don't have to marinate and stay stuck Absolutely. in that space. Absolutely. And it's important to, um, to, to, to marinate what you've been through. 
like, right. <laughs> um, I'm a writer. And so one of the things I, I had to do, or one of the ways I frame that experience was embracing all of my broken pieces wow. and, pu- mm-hmm. and holding them very close and acknowledging them and the, the depth of my confusion and, and hurt. I mean, that was the ultimate betrayal. Um, and being comfortable even in my pain. And, and maybe right. comfortable is not the best word, but just to be able to embrace it and own it and say, yes, this is it. But then what happens, you, you have to pivot from that point and begin to ask the question is, who am I? This has happened. I right. can't change That's it. Well, who am I in spite of it and because of it? That no, that that's you're you are totally speaking my language. And when we talk about embracing the broken pieces, that I my hashtag is embrace the journey. I share that <laughs> embrace the change, embrace the journey. And we are all on the same journey, even though our paths are different. But the, the beauty is that our paths still will cross. And it's at those intersections that we have the opportunity to impact each other and to share and to make sure that, you know, that you're okay. And when we're asking the question, who am I? Who are you that you actually know? And when we talk about relationships, um, the broken pieces speaks to me. Are you familiar no, with I'm Kintsugi? Not. Okay, Kintsugi is not only a Japanese art art form, but it's also a philosophy. And I wrote in one of the first anthologies I was a part of, um, I wrote a piece, it's called um, Kintsugi, The Art of Being Beautifully Broken. So in this Japanese culture and a little bit of the, the historical context of it is that the emperor used to have pottery and things of that nature. And if somebody broke it, because again, we didn't have like the, you can go to we couldn't go to Walmart then <laughs> and, and go buy a new set and go to Home Goods. You know, they were handcrafted, handmade. That was there, so they would actually put the piece of pottery for chipped off. They would put it back together, but initially it was put back together with like kind of mud or anything that would make it stick. And it wasn't it wasn't something that was attractive. And actually, the scars mm-hmm. is what was highlighted in there. However, there was an artisan, and I don't have those notes. I should probably put the notes in front of me because I love telling this story and how it it relates to our life, is that artisan said, when we're putting, because then when Mm -hmm. a very precious um, piece of pottery in the emperor's household broke, the artisan put it back together with silver and gold and precious metals. Now, that piece, when you looked at it, it was beauty in the cracks. Because yes. that was part of the story, but it wasn't the final piece. It was the collection. And so when we think about the mosaics of our life and sometimes being shattered and put back together, it's the process in which we put it back together. And what are we using yeah. as the glue? Are we using the pain, the destruction, mm-hmm. the anxiety, the fear, or are we seeing the opportunity, yes. the growth, the testimony? And so that's that piece of being, when you were saying that, that piece of being beautifully broken is that, how did I grow from this? And you said, I feel like my life now is enriched. And sometimes what you've gone through, it's not even about you. 
It's about exactly. who you're supposed to impact. It's, it's, it's funny that you brought up the um, pottery imagery because I remember at points in the hospital, at one point in the hospital, my husband said to me, listen, you know, 27 stab wounds, they're scarred. She says, I will take you to the best plastic surgeon and we will get rid of every scar. And I said, no, I want my scars because my scars are part of my story. Ooh. My scars tell my story. Mm-hmm. And it's right. been my scars right. that have given me opportunity to share my story with other people because my story definitely wasn't just for me. Right. That and and when you talk about the visibility of the scars, and so often we want to hide that is which right. we don't find perfect about us. We want to hide it, and you know, mm-hmm. God says, you know what, you expose it. And and here's the thing: from a healing and um, um, a professional and a, even a neurological perspective, when you're hiding, then you're also adding on to the tissue, the scar tissue, shame, anxiety, fear. When you clean it and expose it and it's open, all it is, is a healed wound. And what it is in the power to help transform other people's, you know, other people's lives. And I think that especially as women, it's very difficult for us because there's this myth of superwoman. There's this myth that we got, we, we, okay, no. we're good. No, we're not good. How about yeah. the fact that no, we're not, but we're working on it. And I even like when you said, you know what? I was comfortable and I think comfortable is a good word. And I, and I say comfortable because you didn't right. say that I'm satisfied. <laughs> you didn't say that I'm settling, that I'm comfortable, which shows a new ownership of clarity about who mm-hmm. you are. And I always share, there's three things that you need clarity, confidence, and consistency in your life. And if one of those things are missing, then there's something in your life that's wow. out of skew. Yeah. yeah. It's a skew. <laughs> you know, so I, so thank you. Like even like, you know, sharing and even the fact that, you know, sometimes we pivot, but other times yeah. we have to shift Absolutely. and shift requires movement because pivoting as a pivot anchors, I'm a nerd. I'm just fabulous. I always tell people, <laughs> I'm a nerd. I'm just a fabulous one. <laughs> you know, I, I, and, 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 and I love to study how things work, how we think, how the brain impacts us, but also the mechanical aspects. So when I started speaking a lot about shift and why I founded the Lead Her Shift movement was mm-hmm. to shift the way we think about ourselves as women and how we develop and respond as leaders. And I kept saying, what does that look like? Well, we as women know that we will we'll stay in a spot, we'll anchor to, we'll buckle down, yeah. we'll support, and we'll pivot around looking to hand off either to help other people, to hand off to other people, but we don't take our shot oftentimes because we're so busy Why? trying to make sure everybody else caretakers. had a turn. Yes, and that's the beauty of us, but it also can be the detriment if you don't realize that's the first right. person that you're that's supposed right. to take care of is you. And making that mind-body connection is so so important because I I have to tell you this because I really learned how to make the shift because what was going on in me spiritually, because as I was recovering and I would be in prayer, Dina, sometimes, and 
I would hear things wow. in my spirit, of course. And I remember the first thing was like, just walk normally. Because, you know, when you come out of rehab, you kind of do a drop mm-hmm. and drag thing. And they think that's great. And as long as you can get from A to B, that's good. But when I heard that and I realized that I had almost forgotten how to walk. And so I had to really think through what is this process of walking? And so I went through that and I learned how to do that. And then the next thing was to imagine myself walking and running. And I began to do that. And that is what really spurred my healing getting my mind to connect with my body because my mind didn't know that my body wasn't actually moving. So I'm creating the, the neurons, I guess, and um, beginning to develop muscle memory. And so that is how we have have to go through life. It taught me that anything is possible if I shift my thinking. Yep. So yeah, I absolutely this negative thing, and I and I do constantly. I come up against an obstacle and say, "Okay, how can I reframe this so it works for me?" And that has produced Mm -hmm. such a difference in my life, such a difference in my confidence, such a difference in my ability to walk with Mm -hmm. others through this brokenness to healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That brokenness to healing and, and that journey yeah. of healing and that it's on your timetable. It's on your scale. And that when we try to move too fast, I was sharing with um, uh, a colleague of mine mm-hmm. that I had a major surgery a few years ago. And the doctor said, okay, make sure that you Actually, I've had several, but each time doctor said, please make sure you rest, take the medicine, take the painkillers. And I'm like, I don't like to take that stuff. I don't like to be out of the loop. And they said, I need you to take the painkillers so that you can heal. Because if your body's in pain and trauma and is recognizing that you don't rest. And I was like, okay, okay, I'll take a little bit of that. But then also we talked about the movement and he said, well, you need to rest and not be up. And mm-hmm. you think you're okay on the outside. <laughs> Yeah, think you're okay. Mm-hmm. And I had a hysterectomy years ago. And he said, doctor told me, listen, you might think that you're great. Right. You don't see the scar tissue here, but your insides have to heal. All that stuff got to shift and move around. And if you don't sit yourself down somewhere yeah. and let your body heal properly, you're going to cause lasting repercussions. And so I thought about that now. And I thought about that, not just in my personal, professional, my spiritual life, everywhere, is that I had to start speaking that to myself to say, sit down somewhere and heal. You don't have to start moving because other people expect you to move. You don't have to start moving because that person moved faster than you. You don't have to start, you know, we think about that as entrepreneurs, as coaches, as women, as business, as moms. We're constantly looking on the outside of other people instead of really focusing on what we individually need. And that's really important when we're we're rewriting Absolutely. and rescripting Absolutely. after we've gone and through moving something. To your own drummer. <laughs> moving to your own beat. It's critical. Yeah. It is absolutely critical. 
It's beyond critical. And, and I think that we need to start, which is why Walking Through Glass, the podcast, was about talking about what it's like to walk through the glass. And I love sharing, people always ask, well, where'd you get the idea from? It's kind of cool. It's kind of catchy. They see the storms. I said, as women, once we make up our mind, there's nothing more powerful than a woman with a made up mind. And we want the corner office. We're going to get to that corner office. We want this. We're going to get there. We're going to blast through. We're going to break through glass ceilings and, and brick walls. And it's not that that is our greatest, you know, um, oh, yes. villain. It's who it's us. It's the inner bully. It's when we're in those positions. And then it's the glass that we've shattered that's cutting us. Anxiety, fear, imposter syndrome, negative beliefs, um, family. You start questioning who you are. You start questioning what you do. Am I a good wife? Am I a good mom? I can't go to PTO meetings. You know, and you start beating yourself up. So this show yeah. is about the conversations we need to have as women as we walk through the glass. This is what bothers me. I'm afraid of, or this is what I've been thinking of, and I need to really make yeah, that shift. You're not. And you not think at you're all. there by yourself, but you're not. Not at all. Women do support women. And I and and if guests will come on the show and I said, you know, uh, they'll go, they'll use that common stereotypical cool. phrase, you know, see women can't help each other. I said, freeze, pause, stop. I don't subscribe to that. And I want to clarify exactly. that on my show. Exactly. If that I don't wasn't true, why are we talking? Everything, I think I think everything that I have um, <laughs> really overcome. And accomplished in the last eight years, it is right. because I've had a tribe of magnificent women cheering me on, telling me like, hey, girl, mm-mm, your wig ain't on straight. Not today. Get that together. You know, that kind of thing. And so we, yes, we need right. each other. And that's what um, Revision Women is about. Um have having okay. women know that we need each other, but we need to revision who we are and how we see each other. And so, um, you know, I just right. recently wrote a book, The Pearl of God's Eye. And what I did was I took 15 women in the Bible mm -hmm. whose stories we have heard probably all of our lives but they've had a very subconscious uh -huh. negative impact on our lives. And we don't even know it because we've, we've bought into that woman at the well being a mm. whore. We've bought into um, Bathsheba uh, tempting David. And so I took those stories and I reframed them. And I gave power to those women in a way oh, wow. um, that would make their stories positive and uplifting to women. So. Wow. Well, I want you to even, I want to know more about the book hmm, and share more about story. your well, favorite book, story. Um, the book just came out in April. It's a really um, straightforward, easy kind of read. It's um, based on womanist theology, womanist feminist theology, really that, um, Mostly the academics talk about. 
every once in a while they'll preach about. But I wanted to make it um, these interpretations available to every woman because it's really women at the grassroots that make change. And the goal was that, you know, part of the impact that I hope it has is that they begin to make changes not only in their lives, but in their sacred spaces as well. Because, you know, we tend to uh, fill up the church. Um, I think Pew says that women make up 66% upwards of the church. But yet we have, and particularly African-American women, the lowest statistical outcomes in um, health and wellness, financial stability. You could go on and on. And for me, that's problematic. And um, so I began to think, well, as, as a preacher and minister and teacher, what is the problem here? And as I reflected, it's like it's how we hear stories about women or we don't hear stories about women. And we buy into the narrative that somehow women are lesser, um, that somehow we are not equal to men. Um, And if God is just, then he's just as just toward women as he is toward men, or he's not God. So um, my favorite story is actually Bathsheba, um, because we've heard that story as Bathsheba tempting David and um, her prize was that she got to um, marry the king. And that's pretty much the narrative we're sold from childhood, you know, to find the, the, the prince and the king and the good looking man with the money. <laughs> but um, when I tell that Sheba's story, I tell it from a perspective that, A, first of all, she couldn't have been tempting him. David should have been at war. She was doing a ritual bath. She wasn't just standing outside naked. And there's nothing... Um, Nothing that uh, is very seductive about a ritual bath. And so if we really dig into the story, it tells us that David asked about her. But the funny thing is that her husband was in David's army. So I suggest that he actually knew who she was, kind of had his eye on her. Before. And then mm-hmm. he sends uh, them, we don't know the number, we just know it's more than one, to take her. And, and, and that's, in the, that's clearly in the text, but because it's been interpreted to us in a particular way for so long, we don't read it in the text. Oh, but you know what though, when you, when you, our pastor, we did, he actually did a whole talk and a whole speaking to that. Um, and I don't know if it was for Mother's Day or Women's History Month, et cetera. And it, to me, it reminded me of mm-hmm. how we as women um, see ourselves, number one, and the that we place on ourselves and that someone else 
literally a physical being is actually involved Mm -hmm. in um, creating a situation for us that's beyond our control, (laughs) but yet we carry the burden. Yes. And we don't let the burden go. And then how we are viewed. And I think that's even part and partial on this. I hope that, you know, in the connectivity that this whole Me Too movement movement that's been, mm-hmm. you know, gaining steam, lessening steam and whole fem, you know, fem empowerment piece is that we really speak through, and I, and I like what you're sharing about your book, the whole yeah. significance and how this ties into right. biblical, that's historical, right. throughout history. This is not anything new for women. You know, and that, but that exactly. doesn't mean that um, just because someone I, I else spent is telling years a story seminary, that that's who and, we are. Uh, there's one question that like is totally worth mm. my seminary indebtedness. <laughs> and I, I had a professor who's now Dean at um, Howard University, okay. Yolanda <laughs> Pierce. And she asked the question, she says, whose interest does it serve to interpret a text in a particular way? And when you begin to ask that question, you begin Mm. to look at it very, very, very differently. Whose interest is being served when I talk about the text this way? Yeah. Mm. So that was, that was worth, that was worth my whole $60,000 seminary debt. That no, one question, because it, yes, and that's, yeah. and that's the question yeah. that I think every person, male, female, black, white, Puerto Rican, or Haitian yes. should ask themselves every day and every time they encounter um, a story, exactly. whether it's their story or there's because there's mm-hmm. your story, there's my story, then there's the truth. Yes. And all of it is shaped by perception and perspective. (laughs) So I, so I just, um, I, what a, what a phenomenal way to, to, like you said, that sense of the revision, the rewrite, the, the sharing Um, of, you find it on Amazon. They can find it on my website, which is uh, www.revisionwomen.com. They can find it at Barnes and Noble. Okay. And how do people connect with you? Um, my website about www.revisionwomen.com. Um, that is the best way. Um, I also have another website, New Day Ministries, and that's another way. Or on Facebook, <laughs> Revision Women. Yes. Okay. Yes, Facebook, Instagram, it's all okay. revision. Instagram, women. Facebook. Okay, yes. Yeah. Give it all. Give it all. Okay. Now why did you why do you use that? Why was that when you um, came up with that as that a we name to for like your have a new and view your program of and your who movement. we really are? Why did that And particularly to you? women, um women of God, women in church, um, women period. Um, because the narrative that we're often fed and um, mm-hmm. is not, I believe, is in direct conflict with what God says about who we are. 
Mm-hmm. And also, be, as a domestic violence survivor, mm. I know that the root cause mm. of domestic violence wow. is not angry men or men with weapons or people with weapons, because women commit this violence as well. But it's it's a mindset. It's patriarchy that devalues people. Oh, wow. That is the core of, of this violence against women. Wow. Yeah. I think everything kind of boils down to mindset when we begin to think about the way we think about ourselves. And for me, when I'm working with, um, with women and with my clients, Mm. I wrote walking through glass, the ultimate guide to be saying sexy and significant in a male dominated world. And as I, um, as that'll be released at the beginning of 2020 in the book tour in 2020, I said, okay, in ramping up and I said, okay, God, you know, there's an element that mm-hmm. before we start the guide, the guidance, I spend time working on the mindset. And a year and a half ago, I wrote a mindset cleanse, but it was a daily drop in your email at 5 a.m. <laughs> Here's your action for the day, 28-day mindset cleanse to help, again, give you that mindset shift so that you can truly walk and, and, and live your best life and own the space that you're in. And he said, you know, why didn't you make it a book? It's been, you know, I was like, oh, well, yeah, well. And so as I sat down and said, okay, I'm ramping up and I'm working with a couple of new clients. I have a couple of programs and we go back to the mindset space and he dropped again. He said, publish right. the 28 day mindset cleanse. It is the prep to their step. They can't walk through the glass <laughs> <laughs> until they do the prep work. And I said, oh, okay, that's what you meant. <laughs> and so walking through glass, the 28-day mindset cleanse, putting the prep to your step will be out later this month in August. So I'm really excited um, to go ahead and put that in the journal that goes with it because it's truly about the mindset that we need to have in order to um, seize the day, own the room, take charge and literally yes. live our and very will that best be on life, Amazon um, or on all levels, mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. It will be on Amazon. It will be through all publishing channels and you can get it directly um, from wait. So I'll have some links to put out, put it out directly. And I'm really excited about um, my anthology project, which kicks off August 15th. Um, and that right there to me, all of this goes mm-hmm. together because when, when you were speaking about how things are happening and how this kind of goes and you don't That's understand it. all of it. And God told me in this season of my life, he said, just trust me and move when I say move. I was like, oh, that's hard. He said, no, move when I say move. Mm-hmm. And so I've been honoring that. And oh my gosh, the amazing things that's been happening. So the anthology project, yeah. Yes. Why, why are you doing that at the same time you're launching your other one? I said, because God shows me that it's interconnected. <laughs> I said, oh. So it's a group of 10 women who are invited mm. to tell their stories and share their testimonies um, and their keys for getting up. And the oh, title man. of the wow. anthology project book is Destimony, the journey of me on the road to I am. So that's why when you were sharing that, it was like, wow. And 
part of what my passion has been and part of what I've prayed mm-hmm. about and part of what I've said, God, I know this is my calling to do was to collect stories like I shared with you at the beginning. And it's always been my intent to make a documentary. And so my anthology project, it's not a call anthology book because it's a project because I will be launching in my okay. executive producer space to and that comes um, out in the documentary April. of the stories of the women in the anthology. So remember <laughs> that'll be out mm-hmm. December. No, the anthology project will be finished by December. We started, we started um, this month and um, we have, mm-hmm. I, I invited 10 women to be a part of it. And so we will start, we kick off August 15th um, as part of that particular project. And then it, it goes in alignment, which I told you everything that I was uh-huh. doing. So on August 15th, the mindset cleanse will be available, which is the mindset spaces, which I take these women through this journey and talk about all of this. <laughs> then with the anthology project, December, and then walking through glass, the guide Mm-hmm. See, here's what you need to do in the free pre-step. Fantastic. Here is the stories and the journeys of the, how you get through that. And now here's the guidebook that releases in January. <laughs> Go through. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. and there's been so many changes and, and we've all, like I said, been on different journeys and we've had different traumas. And I was sharing right. with, um, and even when we talk about domestic um, violence and abuse oh, and that absolutely. sometimes it's physical, sometimes it's mental, you know, and emotional. And sometimes that can be just yeah. as traumatizing as the physical scars out of there. Because sometimes when, when we've right. left an impression on the brain, on the psyche, because now your brain actually knows it's been scarred. You know, so I appreciate you just coming and sharing your story and, and your um, experiences and, and how you have been able to roll through to yes. the next level of greater yes. by revisioning and rewriting. And like you said, telling your brain, no, this is our story. <laughs> and so with that, before we um, finish, is there, what's the one tip? What's that one thing that you would like listeners to know I think so the that one they thing can grow to their next grader, that they can actually begin to rewrite to, to their narrative today. What's the one thing that you rewrite the narrative to determine who they are or who they want to become and literally mm. begin to write about it because the writing is going to um, rewire their thinking Wow. And when your thinking changes, your life can change. Right? Oh, I love that. I love that. And I and yes. I am a firm believer in that. And and what I love to share is 50% of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. That's so right. Be clear about who you are. And if you don't remember, then ask God, because sometimes I don't, but I say who God says I am. That's what I need to be clear about so that I can be confident in what I am called to do. You're not on this earth to do anything. You're here to do something. And so get very clear about that. So you can be very confident when you're doing that thing. And that will lead to your consistency and your consistent actions will manifest and help you actuate 
all of the dreams and the goals that you are committed to living. And so I was joking right. with a colleague the other day, joking, not joking. I said, they go, oh, I want to live the life of my dreams. I said, no, you can only live the life you're committed right. to. And I said, because you can dream about this, but you're not willing to do the work. Yeah. Then you can't live that life. So <laughs> you will live the life that you're committed exactly. to. And so make the commitments, get and, clear and And I would just like to just add these three watch. words. It takes faith, and my it takes focus, and, says, and it takes fortitude. Yeah. Yes. Ooh, I like that. Faith, focus, and fortitude to make it happen. So there you have it, everybody. And you know, real quick, I would love for Simone to share with us her website again so you can kind of tap in and check out um, the book. And then you know that you can follow um, Walking Through Glass, the podcast on Instagram and on Twitter. And you can follow me at Dr. Dina Speaks, D-R-D-E-E-N-A-S-P-E-A-K-S on Twitter and on the gram. And I love feedback. So if anything, part of this particular episode resonates with you, please, please, please share in the comments, share with someone that needs to hear the story, that needs to understand that they are the master of their own destiny. And so what they need to do is begin to script it out. And do they want to be the lead actor or do they want to be a sidekick? So they have to kind of kind of think Connect about that. Me and definitely, w- definitely w- share w- that with those people uh, that need to hear women. this today. And Simone, again, one more time, how Facebook can they connect back with as you? Revision Women. I'm also on Instagram. You can find me. Yeah. All right. Oh, she's on Instagram too. Catch her on the gram. All right, there you have it. This has been an amazing conscious conversation. And I look forward to sharing this with you as well as the others, because you know what? It's not about breaking through the glass ceiling. It's about walking through it and knowing that you are not alone. We are here for you. Have a great one. And thank you for listening. Real talk.